Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Thanks for joining us today. Are you taking care of yourself? My friend asked me. Yes, yes, I assured her as I kind of pushed her out the door, closed it behind me, leaned against it, and broke into tears. Why? Well, although I said I was taking care of myself, I really had no idea how to do it. It started when I was a kid, I suppose, and continued into marriage. So, if you're married, you know what I mean. When you get married, you promise to care for another human being in sickness and in health. You dive into the commitment with all your heart. But no one's ever taught you how to take care of yourself and someone else. Pretty soon, the line between your needs and his needs begins to blur. You probably know what I mean. It starts out small. You start watching his favorite TV program and watch him play his favorite sports. You prepare his favorite dishes for meals. You buy a mountain bike so you can spend time together, or a canoe, or a kayak, or whatever it might be. You learn how to ride a dirt bike. His people become your people, and you expand the list of who you care about, worry over, and pray for. Don't get me wrong, none of that is bad. It's just something women do. They care for other people. But we can also easily lose ourselves in all of that caring. When children come along, We start feeling like a sheepdog trying to keep our flock together. Doctor's appointments, school programs, childcare, lunches, laundry, music lessons, homework, plus all the caring we lavish on our spouse. We want to please and care for everyone. We take on more and more caregiver roles without ever evaluating what we need to release in order to have energy to perform the most important tasks. Pretty soon, we feel overwhelmed, subsumed. That happened to me. I had started gaining weight, I stopped exercising regularly, and I struggled to maintain a a relationship with God. It all happened a little at a time. And then, when disaster struck, I didn't have anything left. First of all, Pedro crashed his dirt bike and had a compression fracture in his back. Then we went on a mission trip to Mexico, and he started having shoulder pain. The pain went from bad to horrible to excruciating. The day before our youngest daughter's eighth birthday party, the doctors called with an explanation for Pedro's mysterious pain and swelling on his neck, cancer. I immediately launched into full-time cancer caregiver mode without giving up any of my other caregiver roles, parent, teacher, daughter, friend. We went ahead with plans for our family's reunion over 4th of July weekend, Because after all, Pedro had curable cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. A few days after the family reunion, we found out Pedro had gone into remission. We sent the girls off to summer camp for a week and spent some quiet time at home before picking them up. On the way there, Pedro started having headaches. Manageable, but they concerned us. By the time we headed home with the girls, his headaches had turned into excruciating, almost non-stop episodes. The doctors admitted him to the hospital again and ran more tests. 
This time, the cancer had come back, and it had entered his spinal fluid and brain. For the next five months, I lived in a haze. I focused all of my time, energy, and emotions on helping him. I caught rare moments of time with our daughters, and I continued to work full-time as often as possible. My parents moved in with us so they could care for our girls when I had to be with Pedro a thousand miles away. I single-parented while Pedro received treatment for his rare form of cancer. And, worst of all, I took absolutely no time to care for myself. So even though I told my friend that I was taking care of myself, I really wasn't. I really didn't know how. Don't get me wrong. I completely stopped caring for myself, but I started indulging myself instead. Instead of eating healthy food, I consoled myself with ice cream bars, the good kind, haagen dark chocolate over chocolate ice cream with almonds. I took the elevator instead of the stairs in the hospital. Even though I could have gone running every morning during Pedro's lengthy hospital stays, I gave myself excuses. The streets of San Francisco are too dangerous. Or something might happen to Pedro while I'm gone. Instead of eating healthfully so I could maintain my energy, I chose to live in a sugar-induced brain fog. Worst of all, I let the circumstances of living out of a backpack in a hospital room, far away from our children, interrupt my daily routine of time with God. Instead, I solaced myself with bidding for things on eBay, things I didn't need. Just ask my family about all the Longerberger baskets in our house. So I get it. I understand the conflict of taking care of yourself while so many other people depend on you. It seemed wrong maybe even indulgent, to spend any time taking care of myself. But in trying to avoid indulgence, I ended up indulging. And my indulgence didn't make me a better version of me. Self-care is not the same thing as self-indulgence. Rather than randomly rewarding myself with things that give me instant gratification, I needed to form a plan for seeking wholeness in order to become a better version of me. You might wonder where I get that term, better version of me. Well, it comes from Bob Goff, one of my favorite authors. He claims that we should always be in the process of becoming a better version of us. That doesn't mean that we're trying to turn ourselves into someone else. But if we want to start the journey to becoming a better version of us, we need some sort of a roadmap. Otherwise, it will take years, even decades, to experience lasting change. The important components of achieving wholeness, or a better version of us, include making a concerted effort to take care of ourselves in four domains. The four domains are mental, academic and artistic, those are kind of lumped together, physical, and spiritual. Together, they form the acronym MAPS, which makes them easy to remember. Today I'll give a brief description of each domain and why we need to focus our self-care on that area. At the end of the show, I'll give you a link to a free quiz that will help you evaluate your current self-care quotient. The first domain we need to assess is our mental domain. We need to evaluate how productively we process our emotions and responses to the world around us. Without this important skill, it's easy to misread the input we receive and start believing lies about ourselves and others. 
For a long time, I believed the lie that I wasn't worth taking care of. But each and every one of us is valuable and worth taking care of. And if we don't take care of ourselves, who will? Each of us has the power to affect change in our lives, but it starts with realizing just how valuable we really are. The second domain we need to assess is our artistic and academic side. God created us as creative beings, and if we deny our creativity, we shut off a part of who we are. Making a commitment to lifelong learning and pursuit of creative endeavors will help us learn to express ourselves and keep our minds from turning into a murky, stagnant pool. The third domain, our physical self, sometimes requires more work than the others. But if we don't take care of ourselves physically, we can actually ruin our health. When we take care of our bodies by eating well, exercising, and getting enough sleep, we can better cope with the trials of life. Practicing physical self-care isn't indulgence. It's good common sense. The fourth domain is spiritual. As a person of faith, I've always understood that humans have spiritual longings. If we deny them, we stunt our growth as a person. We need to take care of ourselves spiritually just as much as we take care of ourselves mentally, academically, artistically, and physically. Spirituality is more than just picking a religion and attending services. There you have it. In order to start our journey to better self-care, we need to remember MAPS. It doesn't take hours each day to get on track to healthy self-care. In fact, in as little as 25 minutes a day, and not all at once, you can start your journey to wholeness. There's where I come in. I'd love to guide you on your journey so you can bypass all the rabbit trails I've followed. I'll provide hacks and tips to help you on your journey to better self-care and a better version of you. After all, if we don't take care of ourselves, we won't have anything left for anyone else. If you'd like to take the free self-care quotient quiz, go to anitaojeda.com. That's spelled A-N-I-T-A-O-J-E-D-A dot com. And go to the link at the bottom of the page. It's a pretty little sailboat on a blue ocean. You can follow the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash selfcarehacks. Selfcarehacks is all one word. And you'll find a link to our selfcarehacks group board as well. Come back next week when we start a series on goal setting. Because just wanting to take better care of yourself won't actually happen unless you learn to schedule self-care into your life. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at anitaojeda.com or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.